us, that's all. Something my granddaddy used to tell us. When there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk the earth. Welcome to Zombie World, the digest of the living dead for August 18th. I'm Brad Munson. And I'm Samantha Luck. And as usual, we're broadcasting almost live and generally direct from deep in Zombie World, where all the zombie apocalypses are true. And we cover everything, just everything, about zombie media and zombie culture and those cute little zombie cupcakes that Shay keeps slipping under the door. Yeah, they're yummy, but they get all smushy and flat yeah. when she does that. I wish she'd just bring them in. Anyway. Mm. Anyway, this week we're talking about a reaction to what was supposed to be the big new Netflix series Zombieverse, a zombie reality show. Hello. And we've got some news on a new zombie series that's rising up in the UK from a pretty interesting source. And another really odd tour of a whole house, or house front or yard at least, that Shay has built with the zombie lover in mind. Hmm. But let's get started with a few choice quick bites. Okay, I'm going to do this one because actually Timothy W. Long is an old friend of mine from way back in the Bermuda Press days. When you did those Morningstar strain books? Yeah, those things. But here's the deal. Sometimes you just want a good old-fashioned killed zombie story, right? I mean, the narrative equivalent of the zombie version of uh, Tour of Duty or... Call of Duty. That's what I said. Or Army of the Dead or... Or Left for Dead or Killing Floor or even House of the Dead. Yeah, exactly. All that stuff. See, Tim has been writing great zombie apocalypse action novels like that for a long, long time. The longest and most successful is Zerism. First book is Outbreak in that series. And it's just about to publish its seventh book, which is amazing since he's been doing it now for more than 10 years. The longest and most successful is the Zerism series. It's just about to publish its seventh book which is amazing since he's been doing this for more than 10 years. The first book, Outbreak, came out way back in 2014, but that wasn't his first zombie apocalypse book, just the first in this series that stars Jackson Creed, Marine Sergeant Joel Cruz, Kelly, Anna Christie, and their faithful Z-killing dog, Frosty. Frosty. (laughs) Frosty the murder dog. All in all, Tim is the author of 25 novels, including the Bradley Adams series about a second civil war in America and an earlier formative series of classic Zompok novels, Among the Living, which he's just republished recently. And as a devout self-publisher, you can pick up all of these books in ebook or paperback form for dirt cheap. In fact, last time I looked at the ebook version of that very first volume of Zebras and Outbreak, it's still 99 cents, and most of them are 3.99 or 4.99. Listen, here's a clip from Volume 1, that outbreak, just to prove my point. You ugly godless fucks come here often? I lowered the wrench, letting all 8.4 pounds of the weapon become an extension of my arm. The creeper that had fixed his milky gaze on me earlier turned his head on his creaking neck and drew back desiccated lips over rotted teeth. The others swiveled to take me in. A chill raced over my body at the thought of one of those assholes sinking their teeth into me. One shot and the creeper's head popped to the side, followed by his body. Brain matter splattered and blood sprayed. Hey, assholes, called Joel. I risked a glance at my watch. The action had already occupied five seconds of the thirty we allotted any battle. If we couldn't wrap things up in that time frame, we'd bug out. 
I swung the wrench up and took the nearest right under the chin. I hit him so hard I thought his head was going to come off. Poor kid. Couldn't have been more than 15 when he turned. Dressed in shorts and a gaudy t-shirt, he wore only one knee pad. He did have pads on both elbows, though. Probably some skate punk that was now a dead punk. The second Z closed in. I gave ground, lifted my size 14 U.S. Navy-issued boot, and kicked him in the groin. That didn't put him down, but it bought me a moment. As far as I knew, they didn't have functioning nads. But a swift kick could still put them in their place. I didn't have time to beat these things to death, so I drew the M45 with my left hand, aimed just as I'd practiced a hundred times over the last couple of weeks, and shot one through the neck. It sounds cool, but I was actually aiming for its forehead. I'd lowered the gun. So we've got links to all this stuff in the show notes or in our cheat sheet, Bloody Sunday, but you can sign up for that anytime. Or you can go to zombiegiftguide.com where Tim's got his own page. That link is in the show notes too. And trust me, he's far from done. Literally the day after he announced the pub date for Survivors, book seven, he said in his Facebook page, time to start working on book eight, Fortress. Now you might actually get paid for stumbling around the graveyard and groaning like a maniac because various Six Flags amusement parks all around the country are looking for actors and dancers to haunt the park this fall during the annual Fright Fest days. Six Flags is hiring hundreds of Lanazoms, including scary actors, to play Romeo monsters and dancers will perform in the annual Midnight Uprising and Awakening show in most parks. Performers are being asked to prepare their scariest monologue and be ready to scream and creep like a monster. That should come second nature to people like you. And dancers will participate in the dance call with the park choreographer. And there's even more. Six Flags is also hiring makeup artists, stage techs, and attendants for Fright Fest. Pay starts at $15.25 an hour, and team members get free entry to the park for themselves and friends. Interested? Who wouldn't be? It's the opportunity of a lifetime, or in this case, an after lifetime. The truly interested can shuffle on over to sixflags.com slash jobs. Oh, slash jobs. And see what's shaking loose near you. This announcement brought to you as a public service by Zombie World, where it's all about the zomb. <laughs> It's not like there aren't any good zombie series to watch or stream or collect or whatever, but hey, there's a new one on the way. This time, the director of the current hit and or flop, Meg 2, The Trench, is going back to an idea that he had before the pandemic to produce a six-part zombie drama in the UK called Generation Z. Have you seen Meg 2, The Trench, by the way? This is one of those classic critics don't get it situations, just actually like the original Meg. The critics on Rotten Tomatoes have given it 28%, a total splat. But fans have given it 72%. Yeah. It's just like a whole lot of zombie movies that we could name. It's all about the fans and not about the critics. Nope. It's all about that zombie versus shark scene in the Lucia Fulci zombie, right? <laughs> yeah, the movie's terrible, but it's exactly what fans wanted to see. And a zillion years later, we're still loving it. Yep. So. And that's maybe what's going to happen here. We'll see. So uh, about the writer-director, <laughs> Dennis Wheatley, he's a really interesting guy. Yeah. 
15 years ago, he did a totally weird BBC Three series called The Wrong Door. It was a sketch comedy show. <laughs> Those Brits do love their sketch comedy. <laughs> that seems to be coming from an alternate reality where monsters and superheroes and fantasy creatures existed. It was a totally weird idea. I mean, producing a whole program that seems to be coming from an alternate reality. <laughs> that's, that's great. It'll never work. <laughs> Years later, he directed the first couple episodes for the Peter Capaldi incarnation of Doctor Who and co-wrote and directed an odd little independent film called A Field in England about a bunch of grubby 17th century soldiers, deserters from the Civil War, who fall in with an alchemist looking for a lost magical object. And he's written and or co-written action movies and fantasies and little personal films with a lot of amazing actors like Killian Murphy and Tom Hiddleston and Jeremy Irons and Elizabeth Moss. He, he even did a segment of the ABCs of Death. Me too. And a movie about an apocalyptic pandemic that he wrote and directed during the pandemic. Yeah, it's called In the Earth. It's weird as hell. It's on Hulu. Then there's this Generation Z thing. He said it will be a Zoomers versus Boomers satire of modern Britain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which could be awful. But then again, yeah. a lot of great zombie movies have had major messages embedded about racism and the danger of the military or fascism or feminism. Or militaristic fascofeminism. Yeah, or whatever. And he has said that Dawn of the Dead is one of his favorite horror movies ah so which channel are we going to see this on is there any premiere dates or anything nope not yet but you know meg 2 made more than 250 million in its first 10 days on a budget only half that size so wheatley is using some of his increasing clout to make zombies cool okay another project for us to put on our keep an eye on this list absolutely So, last episode, Sam and I said we were going to watch Zombieverse, this new zombie apocalypse reality series on Netflix, and we were going to do a weekly after show for y'all. But we didn't. A couple of things got in the way. Number one, Netflix dumped all nine episodes at once, as they have a tendency to do. So even if Zombieverse had been wonderfully compelling and every episode ended on a cliffhanger, producing individual after shows would have been well, kind of weird. To pretend you couldn't like, like binge the whole thing and skip our terribly clever hijinks. And then B, well, as it turned out, <laughs> Zombieverse wasn't very good. But at least we had a good time just once talking about why it wasn't so good. So here's a slightly chopped up version of what Sam and I talked about and why there isn't an after show. Yeah, I mean, you watched it. I watched it, well, the first episode. And I know we had this big old plan we were going to do after shows of each one as they came out but there are two good reasons not to do that it doesn't seem to be worth all of that <laughs> yeah also <laughs> if they came out once a week we might hang with it for a while to see how it goes but netflix and all of its brilliance dumped all eight or nine episodes at once so we're not going to build on it we're not going to be able to as much as we love you guys there's <laughs> No real commitment to that. <laughs> or if it was really good and there was a, yeah. like, I remember watching the first episode of Yellow Jackets. Oh, God. And could not wait yes. for the second episode. And it never ended. In the two seasons, each time, I'm like, God damn it, one right. more. 
that was not the case here. I didn't even want to watch episode two. No, no, <laughs> I, I don't think I will. I mean, out of pure curiosity and my compulsion to watch all zombie things, I may go back and watch some more. But this was a real disappointment. This really was. I think a part of that came from the fact that there are a lot of well-known South Korean uh, celebrities and personalities in this that don't translate over to the American audience, along with the dubbing, which is always, eh. Mm. There's not as much emotion in it. We always go back to Train to Busan because that's probably the best example of, yes, you can make a foreign horror film, a zombie horror film that's dubbed, and still be successful, or not even dubbed. It was subtitled, right? Yeah. I think we had high expectations because of some of the other Korean zombie stuff that's come out recently. Yes. And the stuff that's come out through Netflix, yeah, yeah. particularly. I mean, like, all of us are dead at Sweet Home. Exactly. And hashtag alive, all those things. And this was just not up to par. Because they were actual characters. You didn't have to know their name. You would have to remember that they were Kyung Mao or whatever. Exactly. You knew them. You understood them. Or you wanted to. <laughs> and... It was really weird because half the people in here are given European names, Patricia and Ben, which I found jarring to begin with. Right. They're playing, obviously, to a European, (laughs) North American, Western audience. Yeah, at least in part, at least in the dub, they were God knows what name they had in the. And also, you know, dubbing has become quite an art. And there are some things that you can watch that are really good. This was not good dubbing. Nope. You never lost the sense that somebody's standing in a studio making these sounds. And that was really the issue. I think that really hurt it for the translation to us in North America watching this on Netflix US or NA, however they have it classified. Not only that, but really playing off the fact that these are people who are well-known in South Korea. So there's no premise going into the the NA release. We don't know these guys. Yeah, there's no characterization of these individuals at all. It may be great to you, other than you guys know them from, uh, I think one of the guys was an extra or a dancer in Gangnam Style. Oh, good Lord. (laughs) And, you know, some of them are like if we had a zombie show with the Housewives of Beverly Hills or a couple of the Kardashians or something, you wouldn't... See, if they had made it with the Kardashians, I might have watched it just for the booty. Only if they all die. But But, yes, they were completely interchangeable. Not just because anything horrible racist like they all look alike, but they had no no personalities, no distinguishing characteristics. There was no personality defined from the beginning. They were were all grouped together and they had to survive this thing and that was that. And maybe it'll come along throughout the series, of course. You know, it's just episode one, but I just don't see how it could. Yeah, the premise is also deeply flawed. I mean, I was thinking about jury duty in this thing, where it's laid out from the beginning for us that only one guy is not in on the joke. And, you know, James Marsden is playing a version of James Marsden in this, but he's an asshole version. It was really pretty funny. (laughs) But here, I still don't know what they know. I mean, they made an attempt to make it look like this was all being done with surveillance footage, rather like, you know, Chronicle or Paranormal Activity. Mm-hmm. But as they get into the last part of this first episode with the car thing, the car challenge, there's footage from down right next to them. There's footage from what appears to be drones running all over the place. Right. And and then it's like, who's got the cameras? Right. So they have to know. It wasn't like they put them in a room and then they secretly filmed them all. They also didn't tell us that they were. We have no idea what the premise here is, other than that they were apparently pulled together at the beginning as some kind of focus group for a 
reality show called Love Hunter, which is a great name, by the way. <laughs> um, and then everything went to hell. Right. But there's no premise here. There's no stated deal. Do they know this is a joke? Right. As we said in the quick bite back in episode one, we talked about stars on Mars, where everybody's in on the joke. They know they're not really on Mars. Are they just acting through it? Is it almost like the scared... Um, yeah, the the premise is... What was the name of that show where they would prank people with scary movie stuff? Do you remember that? No, I don't. Scare tactics. Scare tactics, yeah. It's the exact same thing. It's the, everybody's in on it but the, the mark, right? But that's established at the very beginning that we're, we're basically pulling this off of them. And that was the problem with this zombie verse. Yeah. There was nothing. We don't know anything. So we don't know what they know. We don't know what, what everybody else knows. How are they getting these crazy camera angles? Did they equip someone, people? Like, what's going on? And these challenges, like when they get into where all the cards are done. How are they challenges if it's not a game show? <laughs> How did they know that these are challenges? Yes. And the other big key problem here, but I don't think this could ever have worked the way they want, is... Okay, let's say you're in a zombie. Let's say you're in a zombie apocalypse and people around you start turning into zombies. You have two major goals. One of them is to get away. But what's the other one? Establish shelter. I don't know. <laughs> Kill zombies. Oh, well, yeah, that too. And and that's the question. Are they going to immediately react like every normal person would and make a weapon and try to kill one of the extras? Right. And there are a bunch of them in there. Like when they're dancing around top of those cars, your natural instinct would be to kick one of those suckers in the face. Yes. Or to stomp on its hands. And if you're on the ground, you're going to pick up a big stick and start beating the crap out of it. Even if you don't. Somebody could get hurt if this was right. obviously a prank. So we've got this whole thing set up where they're running away from grasping zombies. But they're not hurting. They don't even try to hurt them. Never hit them once. Completely, to me, unbelievable. Yes. You can't set up this situation where these creatures in a mob are trying to kill you and you never do anything but try to run away. You never defend yourself. Even the six foot two black guy. <laughs> even the 250 pound sumo wrestler guy. <laughs> None of right. them. Right. None of them try to kill the zombies or make their own path or even break away from the group, yeah. really. <laughs> and then, of course, they don't really even follow the basic rules of zombiehood. One of their nine guys or whatever they were is killed in the first episode. He's bitten, and we see his body there on the ground. And we're assuming, of course, he was in on the bit because he plays dead, right? He's there. Shouldn't he become a zombie? Right. Yeah. So how did the zombies come to be zombies? Because it seems like everybody they bite or scratch. I mean, we don't even know what the rules are. They're going to get infected. Now, we had the implication of another guy, the they call him the popcorn guy or whatever he was, who distracts them for a bit and then says, don't bother about me. I, you know, I've been bitten on the leg. I'm no good. Implication being he would turn into a zombie. But we never actually see anybody transform. Right. We just... So what, are they just take him back and make up and take care of that for him and send him back in? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. The whole thing just, it's like somebody went in to the Korean American Netflix production company and said, got two phrases for you. Zombies, reality show. Yeah. What do you think? I'll take it. <laughs> That's it. Signed. And, you know, they saw that they were making money on Reality Z. Right. Which is exactly this premise. And think, okay, we'll make this work. And then they stopped thinking after that because this really doesn't work. It doesn't work as drama. It doesn't work as a game show. It doesn't work as a reality show. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I mean, you know, American Ninja Warrior with zombies, which is basically what it is, and less challenging tasks. Yeah. I mean, I would like to see a zombie version of American Ninja Warrior. I would 
too. That's what I expected, to be quite honest with you. That would be cool. Like zombies at the bottom if you fall off. <laughs> Rather than water at the bottom, it's it's roiling bodies. <laughs> you just crowd surf your way to the end. That's right. <laughs> well, and the other thing that reminded me of, weirdly, I kept thinking of The Floor is Lava. Have you seen that? Yeah, and it is a, basically the same premise of that. But there, it's like, so you get the three guys going to the obstacle course, and when they fall off and they fall into this horrible goop, the shtick is you make a big deal about dying. Oh, you fall down underneath right. it. Right, it's over, overly acted. And in the first season, when one of the guys fell into the ooze, you never saw them again. <laughs> like, at the end, when the one or two survivors would get their award or whatever, the dead guys <laughs> never showed up. And I noticed in the second season that they would show the guys that have fallen into the water, you know, toweling off all the slime. Too many people complained, like... Oh, my God, did that guy actually die? No, they, he didn't die. They wouldn't have broadcast that if he actually died, guys. It would have been more fun if they had left him out, though. But I thought it was funny that the first season they played along with the fiction that he's he's lost in the lava. And then the second one, yes. no, we better show him to you because people seem to be very worried that... People were genuinely afraid for his well-being. <laughs> like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, but there's no sense of that here at all. Either it's a joke premise or it's, you know, a, a pretend game we're playing, or that it's a found footage of a reality show gone bad. It's not anything. And it's a lot of over-talking and yelling and bad dubbing, and it's just, no, didn't work. It didn't work, at least in English. I mean, maybe maybe if you can understand. I don't know what South Korean language is even really called. Is it South Korean or just Korean? I have no idea to say. And, in fact, we should say right here, if anybody listening to this is offended, is an expert in Korean horror or, in fact, Korean, please let us know and come talk to us because there's so much going on over there. We'd love to have a source to talk to regularly about all this stuff because it's not ending. I mean, it's going to keep going. No. It's sad to just have two white people who have no idea what's going yeah, on. Yeah, I, I cannot speak. As I said, I, we don't even know what the language is called. And it's like <laughs> pretty embarrassing to be saying. So, but apart from it being Korean, if it had been any other country, I'd have the same complaints about a badly put together gimmick that just didn't didn't make sense. Absolutely. So sadly, we will not be after showing the next however many episodes. But... I do think that the idea of an after show could be a lot of fun. And the next Walking Dead miniseries, Daryl Dixon. Daryl and Paris. Is starting in about a month. It's starting in early September. And it'll be six weeks, I think. And I do think we should do an after show for that. Also, as soon as that ends, like literally the next week, are the last six episodes of Fear the Walking Dead. Right. So we can do after shows there, have a lot more to say can complain endlessly about the stupid plots they're going to put poor Daryl through <laughs> in Europe. And why the hell is he there to begin with? Then, okay, we want to hear what you think. Did you like it? Did you hate it? Yeah. Yeah. And other people that have watched it, because it's there now for sure. And we'll just pick up on an after show in three or four weeks. And we'll start doing it with poor old Daryl. So that's why. But... AMC is going to start its six-episode miniseries of The Walking Dead, Daryl Dixon, mm -hmm. one Sunday at a time, as it should be, right through to October 15th. And almost immediately after that, there will be the last six episodes of Fear the Walking Dead leading up to its series finale on Thanksgiving weekend. So what the hell? We'll do after shows for those, showing up every Monday, starting Monday, September 11th. 
Oh, that's not ominous at all. Yeah, you didn't ask for it, but we're doing it anyway. Okay, let me check here. Yeah, right. Halloween is less than 10 weeks away, which is just about tomorrow. So Shay, our shopping queen and manager of the Mall of the Living Dead, she went to a lot of trouble to take a whole house and yard here in Zombie World and get it totally tricked out with the best of zombie stuff, you know, statues and signs and door hangers and all sorts of things. Then, as usual, she forced me to show up so she could give me a tour. Now, I call this segment the House of the Rising Suns and Daughters and Parents and Annoying Neighbors. You get the idea. Anyway... Listen up. Wow, this is freaky. I mean, this is a completely untouched, totally deserted standard street in American suburbia, right here in the middle of zombie world. It's like it fell out of the Day of the Dead or something. Yeah, I know. It took me forever to find it and clean it out, of course. I just hope the barricade holds. Yeah, uh, uh, barricade? And here, the perfect yard and house for zombies. Are those body bags? Yeah, aren't they cool? They're actually inflatable dead victim props. Five feet long, about $16 each. You get one black plastic bag, a roll of silver tape, and about a meter of long rope with each bag. Just blow it up, pump not included. (laughs) Of course not. And then you just wrap the tape any way you want to. You can hang it from a tree or just throw them around in the yard like I did. Then when you clean up, you let the air out. Store them, and you'd use them again next year. Yeah, but this one's twitching. Yeah, I put this little radio-controlled car underneath it, and I move it around a little bit whenever anybody comes near. You should see them jump. It is so fun. Look. Yeah. Oh, watch your feet. Emerging zombies down there. What, what, oh, 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 those are cool. This one here holding the lantern, he looks like he's digging his way out. Yeah, he's a little smaller than I would like him to be, more like a little evil garden gnome. But if you put him in the right place, just $23 for years of screaming guests. Oh, and this one here, much bigger and dead white, also crawling up out of the ground. I don't think I've ever seen a zombie with a buzz cut before in those eyes. One of my favorites. He's actually from Design Toscano, one of the best in lawn ornament folks. Crushed stone, bonded with resin. And you're right, nice and big, more than 31 inches from the side, 8 inches rising up. Love this guy. Now, you're going to have the links and details for all this stuff in the show notes, right? Oh, yeah. And in Bloody Sunday, and we've already put it on the special page on the Zombie Gift Guide. No worries. It's there. And so much more. I'm like, oh, oh, hello. Careful now. Wow. How big is this revenant anyway? It looks life-size for sure. Five feet tall, but I tell you, it looks bigger. I think this was a woman when she was alive. Who ran into an electrical fence or something and went all undead. Now she carries the fence around with her and she'll make those horrible, shocking noises and crackling and even lightning and thunder if you even touch her, like you did. It's a little pricey, I know, $90, but it's actually kind of animatronic. And with all the sound effects and lights and stuff, it's really a good deal. Mm. Oh, and then over here in the flower bed next to the porch... Just a friendly little torso, also coming up out of the ground. Yes, and another noisy one, who's also motion-activated. 
It just lays there until you get up close, and then... Yeah. God, Brad, you're such a scaredy cat. Oh, God. <laughs> but I like this dude. He runs on cheap batteries and gives you a good jump. Yeah, no kidding. And only $37, complete with the glowing red eyes. Yeah, it's the eyes that sell it. Then, right up here on the porch... Oh, oh, this lovely garland of dismembered hands and feet. Dismembered zombie hands and feet. Don't be gross, Brad. Sorry, never. And look how they're all life-sized and rotted and fully sculpted. And then you have these nice, bright red LEDs between them, so the whole string can be put up high, like these here. For the best mood lighting ever. Only 14 bucks a string. And I gotta say, I love your door treatment here. Yeah, isn't it cool? So 3D. With the zombie behind some kind of chain link. But with one hand grabbing through, it's about 32 inches by 20 inches. So it fits any standard door. Polyester, nice and light. With grommets that make it easy to hang. And only $11 each. So cheap at that price. And you can combine this with the door and window treatments that we featured a few weeks ago back on the website with the grasping hands on the glass. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Yes. So very Walking Dead. I love it. Yeah. And, and all these signs and window treatments. There was even a, a doormat that said dead inside. Yeah. We've got it totally covered. Oh, damn it. I think the barricade gave away. Come on this way. Fast now. Just be sure to put all the links in the show notes, okay? And, and, and go to zombiegiftive.com. Go, Brad! And yeah, we got away okay this time. And sure enough, you can check the show notes or Bloody Sunday for links and details. And that was beautiful work, Shay. Well, thank you. Yeah, I'm sorry that the screamers got it all. Oh, I cleared them out half an hour ago. No biggie. You did? Oh, yeah. Just me and Lucille here. The zombies got to learn not to mess with the Texan. But, t- Lucille? Oh, yeah. I don't think I'll ask. And that's about it for this week. But come on back next week for some new fiction and some big news about even more zombie stuff as we shuffle into September and look straight into the skittering eyeballs of Halloween itself mere weeks away. <laughs> now, we'd really like to hear what you have to say. So please, drop us a note at brad at zombieworld.net. Or Sam at zombieworld.net. Or just go to the website, go to zombieworld.net, and do it there. We read and respond to replies and DMs on all of our social medias, too. At least I do. And we would (laughs) really like to hear what you think about the Six Flags Halloween events. Would you sign up to be a zombie performer? Have you attended any of them? And that is zombieworld.net on threads, TikTok, Instagram, all the same name. Come say hello. Like and subscribe and all of that crap. Thanks for listening. Let us know what you think. And we'll see you next week for more good stuff. Broadcast from the Pontypool Memorial Recording Emporium. Deep inside the endlessly evolving zombie apocalypse on Zombie World. Until then, stay in touch. Stay safe. And don't get bit. Always good advice.